Good evening and welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Today we have Ronan on tonight. Ronan is a producer. He is uh, music band camps. He has his own music he does. Very prolific. He's got a fantastic site. We're going to push his website. He's got a lot of good stuff he does. Welcome to the show tonight, man. How are you? Man, I'm, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. You've uh, you, you've made me part of a very cool list. So I'm, I'm, you know, just with all the other folks you've had on, I'm, I'm uh, really flattered you asked me to uh, join this elite club. <laughs> well, well, I thank you. And you're not just, just a club. It's, it's a family now because I like to have you back. It's not just a, a one and done. It's more of a, it's even more musical discussions to support an artist, producer, whatever, and then keep coming back because music is, it, it grows, you know, it's, oh, yeah. it never stops. You know, it's in its healing and it's, it's so many things. So let's 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 dig in. You I always like to focus on the main thing of somebody. I'm gonna tell you right now, what you do one of the cool things you do, besides just being a producer, you've gotten to work with with King Crimson. So just you know, bravo to that, man. That is just one of the coolest things in the world. I love them and that's just gotta be so cool. So yeah, that's more of a comment. <laughs> <laughs> it it's it's pretty cool. Um you, you your your work you've done you've kind of done a lot of different things you actually started out in punk a little bit and you you're yeah. kind of going on could you just give like a, a tiny bio because as I, I will have one again but just a little, little bio so people that aren't aware of who you are are aware so we can kind of dig yeah, into more I mean, of your my, yourself you know when I think about what what I do I mean I do tons of stuff as you kind of mentioned but I'm mostly a guy that you know makes records and stuff I produce and engineer records I also work on some of the bigger budget video games and things like that on the you know music end of things. But yeah, I started as a musician. I started, you know, in punk in the DC punk scene um, back in the 80s. You know, my my funky little footnote in history is that my first band and Dave Grohl's first band are the same band, but we were never in a band at the same time. So yeah, I, I, uh, I quit the band and took a guitar player with me and he came in as the replacement guitar player back in like 1984. But um but I, I then went on to kind of play in the sort of alternative scene, what what ended up being known as alternative. So, you know, a band called Pump House, and we weren't famous, but we, you know, got to share the stage with bands like The Flaming Lips and Dinosaur Jr. and uh, Henry Rollins and, you know, that that whole scene. And, uh, and, and during that time, kind of the, right around 1990 or so, I was kind of in a band and it was sort of falling apart. And somebody lent me a four-track cassette, and uh, I started messing around with it, and I fell in love. I ended up with a four-track cassette and an IBM XT computer, and I started making music, and I was just hooked. And you know, I just stopped sleeping. And, you know, I was up reading. You know, anything Craig Anderton had written about recording, I was reading over and over again, middle of the night, and I really just fell in love with it. And of course, like so many people, you know, I sort of had the idea I was going to have that dual path where, yeah, I'm going to be both this producer engineer guy and I'm going to be this performing touring musician like I used to be. Um, and well, that didn't work out because it, it's it's almost impossible to really do both well. Right. And um, and the good thing for me is I get as much joy out of it. I loved being in a band. I loved being on the road, all that kind of stuff. But I get the same amount of joy and satisfaction from uh you know, the producing and the engineering side. And, and honestly, I'm better at it. You know, I'm better at that than I am at, you know, being a rock star. Nobody's going to care when I'm, you know, that I'm getting old and fat and things like that. So I just really ended up doing that. And, you know, it's it's been really great for me. I mean, just because, you know, I, I have incredibly eclectic musical tastes. And thank, uh, thankfully, I've been able to have a career that kind of reflects that. So all sorts of styles of music all around the world. And 
you know, some other things. I was a, actually an audio lead for the Microsoft network back in the 90s. Uh, so I worked a little on the tech side of things. Um, and also one one thing is I kind of pioneered a lot of the uh, kind of new concepts in alternative education for recording. So I was I was the first, you know, audio blogger and, you know, one of the first people to start doing these sort of like intensives. A couple of people came before me on that, like doing one week intensives and things like that. But, you know, that that's kind of the short of it without going in and filling in all the uh, <laughs> all the blanks about who, what and where. But um, but I'm always well, that's, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I like doing I, I think, stuff. So. <laughs> well, I think my, my favorite producers. That's why I enjoy you know, and a lot of people I focus on. I like people that have their hands on a lot of things. And it's, it's, it's the creative process of doing a lot yourself. And, and the fact that you were a musician and were and are, but you start off as a musician, it plays into helping with other musicians. Yeah. You know, there's a talent in songwriting. There's a composition. There's stepping outside of the band. There's having perspective with, with the energy of like being in a band, with the, the psychology of being in a band is, you know, oh. do, you know, you do a lot of different hats you wear. Yeah. And it helps an artist on the other side to pull out the best of artists because you kind of know where they're coming from or somebody who has none of that can't write a song but they're going to be behind a board and have a concept yeah. of what it should sound like it's not the same as pushing an artist to where they could be you know and, and your roster is very eclectic you know you've done you know, Steve Morris to, to Gore to uh, King Crimson but there's a similarity in all of them where they all like to push the bounds yeah like, you know? I, that's that's what attracts and me you need that as, yeah you know, as a producer I like yeah. artists that are pushing the boundaries or or even art that pushes my boundaries. So it's it's exciting for me to get into things that I don't have as much expertise in. But one thing that's been really helpful for me is the fact that I'm so eclectic. Um, and that's that's allowed me to sort of move into a lot of different circles. I don't claim to be a giant expert on all of them. But uh you know, I know enough about classical music to discuss orchestral work with people. One of the one of the things that you being eclectic is important, and the songwriting is important. But you're also got your hands in. You like to teach also, which is pretty yeah. cool. Now, how did that evolve out of like your desire to work with other people? Because it's an exciting thing to do to work with people. I mean, well, not for everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I love working with people. I mean the the world has changed where so much of the work we do is isolated um that yeah. has it pro it's pros and cons but you did but, this a little earlier though though you know what i'm saying you kind of yeah. started working your band stuff separately you've always been on the cusp of using the, the internet yeah exactly i mean and part of it the honest thing too like again i'm you know i've i've been eclipsed which is totally fine but you know i, w I was the world's first audio blogger and it was an interesting um thing because at the time you know i would just make these videos and say hey here's a tip on eqing background vocals and mm -hmm. people were freaking out people could not believe that somebody with my level of experience was just giving stuff away for free and uh and it was really fun and i was doing it all myself so it was a crazy amount of work and a crazy late learning curve um to, for video and all of that People don't um, realize the amount of work behind just doing it. You just think you're just talking. That's it. It's not. Man. Yeah. And it, but especially back then too, when you know rendering a 13-minute show on my <sighs> computer would be a nine-hour process and things like that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but the thing was, it was cool and I loved doing it. And part of the fun of it too was, you know, I'd put something out and the internet would just go bonkers. Like it would light up, and you know, just thousands and thousands of people immediately. 
And so, that yeah, was, and yeah. again, I say none of this is completed. It is. It was a blast to do. I still like doing it, and it did exactly what I I wanted it to do. And it, again, helped us helped open up a lot of doors and get exposure to people who might be interested in other stuff that I do. What do you think is so? Say, let's get talk about the very basic user. Like, if somebody's just coming in right now with no experience, wanted to do some home like practice editing. Now with computers, you can. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think a good digital? Would you recommend like an easy digital station somebody could use? You know, for DAW, like. What do you think? You know, one one great thing is like if you're on a Macintosh, uh, GarageBand comes free with it. <laughs> yeah. And you know you can just with a GarageBand and you know a Sure SM57. There's with those two things with GarageBand and you know some kind of small interface and an SM57, you have no impediments to making really cool records. Uh, you know, there's some flexibility, some sonic options that aren't going to be available to you and some flexibility that would be nice to have. But, you know, that's the great thing is, you know, getting in and um, at a basic level, you can get up and running. But the advice I give, and I, I kind of have my own biases, I've been using Pro Tools since version 1.0. So I'm I'm fairly comfortable with it, and you know I actually I love to do I like to do devil's advocate. Sorry, so just you know I love to do devil's advocate, pros yeah. and cons, and here's some really good, interesting answers on why because it always makes you think about these things. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, no, but but my advice about that question, which of course in my world, because I yeah. I also in the zillions of things I do, I also have a consulting business for mm -hmm. for studios and you know corporations and stuff, audio related things. But I get asked that question. I want to get into recording. What DAW should I get? And my answer is almost always the same. You need to poll all of your friends that do this stuff and you need to find out which one they're using and whichever the majority of them are using, that's the one you use. Because this stuff is tough. I mean, I was lucky. I came up on a four track cassette where, you know- The Tascam? I had the Tascam four track. It was a Yamaha first and then I had a Tascam for a while, right. a couple yeah. of different ones. But the thing about it is you have this limited window of things to figure out and then you're up and running making music. And right now DAW's digital audio is really so complicated. So just in terms of digital routing, this to there and getting your sample rates correct. Eh. And so the reality is when you get into this stuff, you know, you're gonna just be going, I see a meter going up and down and no sounds coming out, but I press this button. Eh. So the more friends you have that you can call up and go, there's a, a, a thing, reader bouncing up and down. And, uh, the more friends you have, the better. So if all of your friends are using Persona Studio One, that's the one you should use. If all your friends are on Cubase, that's the one you should use. If all your friends are in GarageBand, that's the one you should use. Just so you've got a support network for the inevitable things. Again, I'm, I'm a guy who's been using Pro Tools since version 1.0. And I still have a small group of friends, you know, that also use Pro Tools. So I go like, I'm doing this and the sound's coming out and track is all great. What's going on? And, you know, and we all do it. And again, and these are my buddies who do the same with me, you know, that, right. you know, have okay. like multi-platinum records all over their walls and are working on the biggest movie scores and all of that. We're all still calling each other and going, oh my God, what's happening? Everything's gray and I have to deliver this to a client in 45 minutes. And so yeah, find out what your friends are using and, uh, and do that because they're all good. You can, you can make amazing, fantastic records on any DAW on the market.
I tried playing, like I said, I did recording at Younger, but I, I started playing around with GarageBand. I actually had an adapter for my, so you can plug in, do the analog to digital. And so, you know, right into GarageBand. And then I started getting a little better at that. And I wanted to move up. I was tempted. I was playing with Pro Tools. And um, what was the other one? There's another one very similar that uh, it's escaping me right now, where the brain was. But the same thing is, it had a lot of other functionality. But then you're like, who's mm-hmm. going to support it? And I only know I had a handful of people. So I was like, oh, where do you go with this? And you, next thing you know, you're on the boards and you're down the rabbit hole of, you know, have you tried a raw file? It's like, what? And you're like, what? And then all of a sudden your head explodes and you're getting these downloads of 30 files and your computer's loading. And you're like, I didn't even answer my question. And I've got all this other stuff now. But I digress, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> where that goes. Um, what do you, so you, you do teach it though too. So can we talk, let's talk about what you teach and like, so if people are interested and, you know, what are you doing? You can do online. You're not doing personal right yeah. now, but you're doing online. Yeah, well, we're just shifting to stuff. So I do, I do kind of, um, I do consulting. So I don't really do things like, hey, here's my online doc, you know, Pro Tools class or anything. So I do a lot of mixed consulting, like actually just yesterday, somebody, you know, sent me their stuff from the East Coast and we went through their mixes and I give them feedback, evaluated and things like that. So I do a lot of that in terms of teaching. And also my consulting is a lot of studio build out consulting and things like that. Um, but the thing I started in, I guess, 2003 is when I really got it up and running. I had this side business called Recording Bootcamp. And I created these sort of five and six day like intensives. Um, and I do them before the pandemic. I'd usually do you know, two to four a year, usually um, a few in the United States and, a, and one or two every year in Europe. And there are these little small classes, like five or six people, just intensive. And it's real just core stuff about recording, like really understanding compression and EQ and different, different techniques. So I do those. Um, but also one of the other things I do, and it's, it's ambiguous right now because COVID's knocked everything upside down, but also in this uh, beautiful old mountain resort in West Virginia. Uh, I do these retreats and it's in West Virginia, but just like 90 minutes from Washington, DC. Um, and we've, for several years, we've been doing the mountain recording retreat and the mountain songwriting retreat. And, and those are much bigger. That's this all inclusive, everybody's staying together at the, at the hotel and, uh, and a lot of people. So we'll have 20, 30 people as part of that. And, and a, a big range of instructors, not just me. But COVID sort of knocked all that, you know, upside down. And um, so this year we're doing something we call the song and sound retreat, where we've kind of combined uh, the two of those just to do something and get the ball back and rolling. Because a lot of the people who come to that just love it and they come every year. So we've had people who came to the first one to come every year to these. And so we, we all kind of love each other and want to get together at this beautiful place. So we're doing that. It's fun. I, my buddy Dave Nachmanoff, a uh, great songwriter. Uh, uh, alt folk singer Michelle Schacht uh, is going to be there. Wow. Guy named Fett from Nashville, Nancy Moran, songwriting coach from Nashville. So, so it's going to be this fun thing. And you know, not to spend too much time plugging stuff, but if you go to recordingretreat.com, you can learn about that one. That's like September nineteenth, I think. And it's just this amazing place up in the mountains with awesome food, old resort. This kind of all inclusive thing where everybody's just hanging out and. You know, playing music together and learning together and eating together, that's, oh, that's, having that's fun. Time. fun. Yeah, yeah, it's this, it's this, for me. Uh, sorry to cut you off, but I mean, for me, the thing that I try and do when I'm, you know, my my business outside of just making records is, I like getting warm bodies together in a room. And COVID, of mm-hmm. course, 
you know, knock that down. But, you know, like a lot of times with my retreats and the recording boot camps, people are like, oh, yeah, can you set it up to stream this? And they're like, no, there's a lot of other opportunities to do that. I'm trying to do something different because for me, I think there's something, you know, not only for the educational and creative aspects, but for human aspects of getting together with somebody for a week and, you know, right. breakfast with that person and all of that. Well, the discussions and the, the evolution of a conversation, that's kind of one of the goals that's happened here is as we talk, it, it's, it's not, it's not just a discussion, it's a journey. Mm -hmm. And our questions and everything will come up as a conversation and how it flows. And, and you're not plugging anything because, I wanted to speak to you because I wanted to share. And this is you sharing as a human. Now looking at your webpage, we'll have the link of his website at the end of, bottom of the book of the of the interview at the um on the YouTube page. But it's not just about that. You can go there. It's it's a, really it's a fantastic website. I love to give people props for websites and, and visual and that you really have to do a good job on your website. So it's there, but it's not you. It's not human. It's not someone talking about the benefits of going, the human aspect. Yeah. So that's why we're talking to you because it's yeah. important people know who you are and what you're about. You know what I'm saying? And and these are the benefits of you of you teaching one on one or yeah. or group rather human human contact rather I say yeah. not yeah because there's there's a certain level and that's the same thing too where um you know so much of even just the part of like making the music you know like making a record uh, so much of that is like oh yeah I'll just track this at home and send it off to you and again I I do records all over the world and I'm a fan of getting records done any way we can but the sort of separated and connected via cyber way of learning the way of creating and making art sometimes it's the only option but there are some really important things that we've lost with that you know mm -hmm. it's the kind of thing where you know you you can never overstate the the power of like being on a lunch break and um all of a sudden the artist you're working with just sort of opens up and tells you about some things going on in their life Hey, you know, I'm I'm losing my dad, or I've just totally fallen in love with this girl, and I can't think about anything else. And you know, those kind of things where a you connect and create a stronger bond. But even in terms of the creative work, like when you're working as a producer, when you kind of realize, oh, this artist I'm working with is losing somebody they love, or just gaining somebody they love, or going through crisis with somebody they love, um, or really pissed off at their state senator you know all those kinds of things are kind of insight to oh this is where that person's at this is this is what they're going through and this is how we can harness that for the creative work we're doing or this is how i can understand better why they're having challenges accomplishing something that they should easily be able to accomplish so all of those things, you know, just, you know, I don't smoke, but, you know, the cigarette break out in the parking lot, you know, the, the lunch break, they, hey, let's wind down and, you know, go have a pizza <laughs> and drink some beer. Those kind of moments are so, so core of developing human relationships, but also developing art. And because, you know, in a cyber thing, you know, if we're doing, you know, I'm and I actually this afternoon, I'm actually in in a online pre-production meeting with a band. I'm going to start tracking uh, early next year. And it's great. I'm glad that we can do it, but but we're going to be on for probably you know an hour or so, and it's going to be business, 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 business to get things done. What needs to be done on these songs? But again, there's those other things on that lunch break where all of a sudden, you know, somebody just you notice somebody's tattoo and go, oh, that that's a cool tattoo. Oh yeah, it's this. It's this you know samba group I'm involved with, you know, that I got connected to on a trip to Argentina, and all of a sudden it's like, oh. 
you're in December. That's a creatively. We probably have more that we can bring to this project, but also, oh, there's this other album I'm doing. You know, it's this hip hop guy who's really into Latin influences. Why, you know, let's talk. Let's see about, you know, hey, rock guy, could you maybe come play samba style stuff on this hip hop guy's record I'm working on? And all those kind of things. So I don't mean any of this to bemoan it. And the fact that we already had this sort of cyber interconnectedness allows us to get through or, you know, pretty well through this COVID thing that we couldn't have done. But I try really hard whenever possible to get warm bodies in a room together, just because there's there's so much value for education, art, creativity, and and I just like people. I would rather, you know, I like generally I like people more than me. <laughs> I think, you know, I remember when I was in the studio, I remember you sleep all night in the couch, you have nothing to eat but hot pots, but you're with the band, you're working on anything. Just there, there's, there's a team effort, there's a whole feeling you get. You don't get the same team effort, in my opinion, working on a flat screen. This is nice that we can talk because I can't be with you right now. If I could have my way, you and I would be actually at lunch or having a beer, talking yeah. in person, and I would do this with everybody because I talk to people I, I like. So mm -hmm. these would be relationships, you know, for three, you know, so this is just a means to an end in yeah. the cyber world. But when it comes to the full creativity, it'd be like, you know, or painting, like but with art, I think the human aspect is, is always going to be the most important part with mm -hmm. bands and recording. And, and you, you know, you hit the nail on the head. That's, that's probably the biggest thing that's going to save things. I think as far as people can be recording alone in their rooms, it's good. And you can do you know, certain types of music that way. But it loses something on, on a certain level mm -hmm. for certain types of music. And some music you can get away with it. I'm not gonna. And I'm not dogging. I'm just saying that's just how music it is, and that's people are looking for certain emotion and looking to say like to dance. And you, I'm not saying you know take away from the dance part, but there's certain things you can do to make really great dance music, and you don't need a team of people. Yeah. Uh -huh. But if you want to make rock or punk or other things like that, you really it's a different community of creativity. That pool really pushes you to a different spot, you know. Yeah, and I think so. And I think there's there's lots of things because I mean, not I, none of these to me are rules because there can be, you know, one guy or gal sitting in a room by themselves can create just amazing, amazing work in all sorts of different genres and things like that. But just as a guy who's been doing mostly just this for, you know, three decades, um, I do realize that there are some things that we are losing along the way and become a little bit more difficult. Like it's more fun, too. You know, yeah, but also some artists work should work alone. Maybe that's what some artists should work alone in a room. <laughs> it's yeah. just them are because that's just who they are, and I just need to work alone because yeah, that's I mean, who they Prince are. was notorious for like kicking everybody out of the studio, like, oh, I'll play right. bass, I'll play guitar, I'll do drums, right? Um, but one of the things, too, is also like with mail order stuff, you know, I'm, I'm okay, still an okay guitar player, um, but sometimes I'll play, you know, something, and it's it's way less fun because if I'm hanging out with somebody, like playing around with a part. I can do this, ticka, 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 and I can look and I can I see, did the, did a smile just come on the artist's face or did yeah. a frown just come on that artist's face or that collaborator? So it's one of those things, oh, smile on their face, great. Let me develop that idea. Let me put a bunch of effort into that. So a lot of times, you know, say, could be like, hey, I'm going to do this little kind of funky riff on this rock song. And, you know, and really in the online world, you want to send stuff off that's developed so they can hear it and go, oh, right. yeah. So all of a sudden, funky idea. You know, I'll put two hours into it, a couple hours and send it off. And they're like, what do you think? We're a disco band? And like, and if I had just seen that grumpy face <laughs> in the first five seconds, I would have changed gears and worked on something in a different way. Same 
you know, same thing too is, you know, I did recently mixed a record for somebody and I, you know, in a breakdown session, I, section, I did some, some processing on it to give it a real different feel. And the band loved the record, but they're like, yeah, and that breakdown section, yeah, yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> and so, again, I, and I'm not offended, but it's the kind of thing where if they were hanging out in the room, I can say, hey, what about something like this? And I could do a real quick thing, and they're like, oh, that's neat, or that sucks, and then we right. sort of move on. So it's it's trickier again, I, and I don't want to bemoan it because I do, I'm, you know, I'm working on records for people like all over the world. I'm working on records projects from Peru, Norway, and everything this week, as well as a couple from the United States. So I'm not bitching about that. But all that's a long way to say is when when I have an opportunity to kind of create events and stuff like that, I'm really interested in like warm bodies together. Because well, it's, like, it's, 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 it's an easier way to start. Uh, I'm sorry, to, to, to spark even more creativity, though, if they're in their room. Yeah. And, you know, it's those, um, like my recording retreat, you know, there's People who show up at that and oh, you froze for a second. You know, there's all sorts of okay. Yeah. But in my retreats, there are all sorts of cross-pollinization of people saying, Oh wow, will you play drums on my track? Sure. Started doing these things called recording buffets where you know we would find a buffet restaurant and just go out you and already got me. Yeah. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> You had me at buffet. What oh, time am I coming? damn you, COVID. <laughs> Buffets. Yeah, really. That's probably the worst thing for me. I want, exactly. to, I, want, I want somebody to specialize in everything. That's what I want. And I'll go back every single time. <laughs> but like, uh, but I started these things called, you know, the recording buffets. Me and my girlfriend just kind of love buffets too. And so we said, well, why not just invite a bunch of people who care about recording, get together. And I, you know, I did them in California. I did a couple in Europe. And, but the first one we did, we probably had, had four people show up. And our, our, our whole idea was like, well, if nobody shows up, at least we're at a buffet <laughs> and having lunch. <laughs> but we had like think? four people show up and, you know, we're like, well, okay. It wasn't quite as big as we expected, but. Sounds pretty awesome to just talk about music with four, four new people. Sounds pretty awesome. If you break it what, down. But what happened was one of the guys that showed up uh, worked for a very well-respected pro audio company. And another guy was a guy who was studying recording at a local community college. And they, you know, they ate pizza or whatever we were eating and connected. And then young guy in community college was asked, you know, got an internship through the guy at that pro audio company. And fast forward several years later, this guy is now, you know, was working as one of the lead designers in that company. And so like, yep, that's exactly, even if everything else failed, that's exactly why I wanted to do it, to just get, get people together, get connections, you know, but not only for business. I mean, it's sort of like, that's how you make new best friends. That's how you fall in love with new spouses. That's all these kinds of things. Well, music is, that's the best part of music. And I, you can say art about an art person, but from art is, well, music though is, it's a community on yeah. so many levels. And I mean, you know, if you like, look at like, even like, say, like the rock community or wherever, the study how bad rock was. The study came out a while ago saying it's the most non-harassing of every of everybody's you know gender and everything else. Like it's the most accepting group of people because it's a community, uh -huh. and that's a part. So us music people on all levels. There's no. I talk to all kinds of people on the show, and, and I don't get airs from anybody, and there are no airs because we're just talking music. Yep. Music is a common language. Yeah, and and everybody loves music, and 
you know, and everyone wants to learn about it or share a story. Yeah. You know, and one, of, one of the cool things, too, with music, and I think this is a lot of broader arts in general, too, is it's one of the great places where age is almost irrelevant. Like, like, I don't know other parts of the world necessarily. I mean, there are some, but you can just have a bunch of folks, music folks out at, out at lunch. And, you know, there's a girl who's 22 years old and there's a guy who's 76 years old and everything filled in in between. And everybody's just, they're like peers, like, oh yeah, you know, favorite record. Oh, you know, is my state, yeah, that state senator is a chump or, you know, this, or, oh no, it's, that's totally the wrong way to eat pizza. And, you know, all those kinds of things. It's amazing how much art just sort of levels that. And when you, at least in my exposure to a lot of other things out in finance and other things, you don't really see as much of like, oh yeah, it's, it's if you're a cool person and have cool taste and things like that, yeah, you're in. And, and I'll add that I think I've never seen also is as much would be like, if you see somebody's experience in the industry and you see somebody who say be a 22 year old learning, mm -hmm. most times you want to find out an industry where somebody will want to help you and take you in as an intern. You're not going to find people taking somebody in, some hotshot lawyer. I'm not, I'm not, being, I'm being broad about it. Yeah. Uh -huh. I'm 50 years old now and I can be very generic and yell at people to go off my lawn. So <laughs> I'm going to use that card right now. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, but, but what I'm saying is it's, you're not going to see as many people really embracing other younger people saying, hey, here's an idea. Here's what I learned from. There's a lot of people always giving a lot of information to younger mm -hmm. people. Younger people, listen to me. Oh, I need to shut the I need to shut the show down and go to bed. Um, <laughs> what I'm saying is, new people in the industry, they'll say, "Listen to you. Listen, here's some advice, or, or sure, I'll help you." Or I always heard, "I don't have time now for you. I can talk to you now." Or once we start talking, it's a different thing. Like it's such a movable, malleable piece mm -hmm. of, of openness. Yeah. You know, there's no trade secrets and this and that. There isn't so much about like we don't put the blueprints out for everyone, mm -hmm. but it's very open. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. don't you find that like you want to help yeah. people? Yes. And I think for the most part, too, is, you know, almost everybody that gets into this, you know, gets into it because they have a screw loose. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, I got into this music stuff because I love making music. And, you know, the, the fact that people will give me money to wake up every day and like bang on stuff just seems like this game of the century. It's great. But it's, you know, sane people don't go, you know, I'm looking at options for a stable, you know, future to raise my family and all of that. Let me become a record producer or, you know, let me, you know, let me join a Calypso band or whatever. You kind of get drawn to that because like, this is awesome. This is stuff I love and this is stuff I want to be a part of. Uh, There's really no other choice, though. You, you have to do it because the rock guy talked to you. You have to do it. There's no other choice for you. My uh -huh. parents are like, um, well, maybe we'll go. We'll send you a recording school. It's kind of like a college. You know what I mean? I'm like, uh -huh. I rock. I want to do rock and roll. I'm in a band. I sing. Now I start playing guitar. But I'm like, I want to do that. And they're like, we'll send you to recording school. Uh -huh. <laughs> that was the workaround. But, yeah. but I agree with you. There is no game plan. There is still, is, there's any, you know, there still isn't any. And, and, and nowadays, it's like, well, the music industry is gone. or said it's not. I just think it's different. Mm -hmm. I think what's and what's happening now is in touch a few things. What's happening is like so you, you had a really good subject you talked about recently where you were talking about um how like Apple and those guys are changing and they're doing the Atmos sound, which is fantastic um sound technology, which blows your mind when you think about actually producing with it from scratch, like how are you gonna start putting sounds everywhere? Mm -hmm. Right? It's just like a, a wormhole. 
but then I'm changing other artists affecting it. And you, then somebody else get the credit for something and could really take away from that. Mm-hmm. So the industry now is, is different where now an artist can do everything from their bedroom or, or now they can mm-hmm. do it here or is to somebody who has a hundred thousand Instagram followers. You know, this is, you've probably seen this one huge on the internet. Can they fill a club? Mm-hmm. But now you have somebody who's who's an, I like to call them a legacy artist because I think they are they have a legacy of music. Yeah, yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't want, I, and I mean it in the most sincere way. I respect musicians. I don't think it's such a thing. I, I would a one, like to be a legacy anything. <laughs> I agree. I agree too. One hit wonder. So you're one best thing people still remember. I wish I had one good thing. Yeah, no, nobody somebody makes me of right? somebody for like only having one Olympic gold medal. <laughs> and somehow people say one hit wonder is an insult. It's like, what are you, you got your cereal about? box with you? You bring everywhere you go for your resume. Here's my, here's my Olympic cereal box. Like, oh, you've only got one Super Bowl ring. What a loser. I know. Come on. <laughs> I, I, I think it's, I think it's a compliment to get one hit. Really? One hit. It's not, they have these huge albums. He's really great. So I, I want to digress. I can go for a tangent. I can be like Eddie Trunk on the, on that whole one hit wonder thing. I don't want to do that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but bless him from going after the Hall of Fame because that would be another subject. But, the point is, so it's it's still there. It's just rock and roll or music and pop and everything's just different now. It's just a different mm-hmm. landscape that's changed. Um, but actually, let's. I want to touch on the whole Atmos thing. You, you brought up some good points mm-hmm. on that. Can you just share that a little bit more in your words? I don't want to use your words because sure. I couldn't um, say this to you because as a sync. Yeah. So so basically, you know, um, Apple is really pushing spatial audio with Dolby Atmos, and one of the, the thing that I'm ranting about, one of the pro audio magazines. Could, one, could you, one thing, no, I'm sorry, one thing you explain a little bit more to the people that aren't musicians, because I have a, yes. a, a wide group of people that listen to this show, just a little bit. Basic yeah, enough. absolutely. So, um, so anyway, this whole spatial audio with Dolby Atmos, what's effectively happening is when something is mixed for spatial audio, Dolby Atmos, it is a new mix. They actually take the multi-tracks or the closest they can get to the multi-tracks and do a new mix in a in a multi-channel setup so i think up to 13 speakers so it allows you when you're mixing that way to place sound above you to the left behind you all of that we've been able to do similar things to that for a while with 5.1 but this is sort of taking it one step further and so groovy you know it's an interesting thing especially because some of my personal work as artists is ambient music so that's it's that's <laughs> exciting um but the way most people are going to hear that is what's called a fold down. So essentially, Adobe is using a process to take that, you know, multi-channel, maybe like 13 channels or so, and compress it down to two channels in a way that when you hear it on headphones, you sort of get a sense of things have being around you in a way that's a little different than traditional left and right. So again, that's groovy. We'll, we'll see whether or not... Um, the public really cares about that. Um, I'm inclined to think they won't, but that's irrelevant. But Apple is doing a really, really bad thing. In Which also, opinion. just just a footnote, wouldn't be a bad thing. If it's a special thing, a bonus thing, like a Blu-ray extra disc, yep. it might be kind of cool because they might mess with it less and mm-hmm. let the artists have it and the audio geeks to really enjoy it more. But please progress. <laughs> so, but basically what's happening, depending like, you know, on your iPhone, and I'm an Apple fanboy, so it's, it's sad for me to bash them on anything. But um, depending on your settings, uh, if you have spatial audio turned on in your iPhone settings, and it's not directly in the app, it's in the settings. Uh, when you go and select a song, Apple, if somebody has done one of these remixes, they will play the new remix in place of the original master. 
um, and they won't identify it as a new master. There is a little tiny icon that pops up in the top of the app uh, um, that you, if you looked at that, but the labeling is exactly the same. The mm -hmm. graphics are exactly the same. And this sucks. It's just terrible. Like, it's hard for me to comprehend that they are doing it because it's so awful and disrespectful to artists, producers, and fans. Not doing the remix. I do that. I do remixes. I, you know, I've done them for bands like King Crimson and Guar and things like that. And it's I'm happy they exist. But if you go and check out my remix for Guar, it's like, oh, this is the 30th anniversary remix. Nobody thinks it's the original. Um, so it's a really bad thing. So like if I told you, oh man, there's this band, you know, there's this record I love, you know, oh my God, in the mix is <laughs> so incredible, Sean, you got to hear it. And then you go on to Apple Music and do it. Well, you might, and depending on the settings in your iPhone or, or your app, Apple might play you some remix some guy or gal recently did last month that sounds like crap. <laughs> and they have, that's why I can relate to this. That's why when you're explaining it for me much better. Yeah, and so it's one, and again, somebody's welcome to like that new mix better, but all of a sudden you're, you know, you're thinking, wow, Ronan said this was a great mix, but good God, I don't think he'll take his advice anymore. But well, I'm sorry, so, so, so here, when I add this right into uh, I think add this though with Apple, I, I have all Apple product, I like the environment, I think it's better for many reasons. I also think there's a lot of problems with it because problems with everything, there's nothing mm -hmm. great, it's just the environment I feel the best offers the best to me. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's just yep. like, you know, should you have kids or not have kids? I don't know. Should you have an Apple phone or Android? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Do what you want. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I think one of the things with that loss is, A, it's going to be, A, it's going to depend on what the music is because everything has to be in it. Just like I have vinyl, but most of my vinyl doesn't go past the 90s. Mm -hmm. And not because I'm a snob, but just because nothing's really mixed or produced or the vinyl was really made to sound good. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Nowadays, there's a couple of specialties. We don't sing, but there was a period where, yeah. so same with the Atmos. I mean, right now, we talk maybe 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 Steve Miller's guys right now are going out right now and we're we doing big airliner with some aerojet sounds flying over your head or something in the yep. mix mm -hmm. that might that might pop up at Atmos for you, but but um people don't always pay attention to that and you know maybe watching this show and other shows and, and that's a shame unto its own mm -hmm. and like how much time do you go to Apple and you go to have an artist name in and you see three other things in there other similar bands that that's not the artist yep. <laughs> If you can't even get two of the simple artists, and it's two different genres of music, and you and and you yourself know who those two are, and they're both labeled the same. Yep. How do you think they're gonna get Atmos producer credit right? Has a, have you ever gotten credit right? Exactly. For anything? Yeah. I'm saying so that's just but, like I mean, a mountain. They can't even do anything for artists yeah. right yet. Yeah. But to me, uh, an album is a work of art, you know, and it yes. is of its time. And for all the things that are great about it, and all the shortcomings. Like it's that record you listened to that was done in 84 and you realize, wow, that's got that awful crap reverb on there. But that's all, maybe all they had. And that's what the kids thought was cool at the time. So again, it represents this. And if you want to do a derivative work, that's great. You know, I, I was watching, you know, Headbangers Ball, whatever, and MPV, their greatest hits. And, you know, Black Sabbath's Born Again record. I love so much. Everybody hates it, but I love that record so much. I love it. That's like, but that's like one of the only records I love passionately. Like I so want to remix that to change it. Um, but the truth of the matter is, I, I think they've lost the multi-tracks. But if I could mix it, I would love to remix that to make it sound the way I think it should sound. But it would suck if I did that and the original went away, because the original it sounds that I'll way. I'll be the judge. I'll be the judge of that. I'm a big Sabbath fan. And I I even like the Tony Martin album. I love uh, you know 
So I'll be the judge. <laughs> what you do with a reverb on that album? Maybe maybe it's okay if it goes away. <laughs> but but the thing is, no, like um, the original should still stand. It should we should get credit. Because it was those guys in that space on those drugs, having those inner band turmoils and breaking up with that spouse. It was all those things that went into Leonardo da Vinci painting the Mona Lisa to Black Sabbath doing Born Again, you know, to Jerry Seinfeld doing an episode of Seinfeld. It's like all of those things, you know, they are works, they are of their time and derivative yeah. works are fine, but it's so sad to me that Apple is being so disrespectful to the art and the fans bring new remixes, even if they're better, subjectively better, to treat them as interchangeable. I just, it's its hard for me to comprehend that they could do that with a straight face. So uh, there's theres a petition I, I've actually got trying to get Apple. Yeah. We can put a, I'll put the link to that for you, the petition you have for okay. that. I, I don't think, and I'm not defending them, it's very frustrating and I don't want it there. I also want, I would love to have the artists get credit and be broken down, written down on, you know, they have one job to put the artists in your 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 your, your library. Mm -hmm. And I can't get my artists with the right things without having to hunt down something so hard sometimes. It's really hard. I know these artists, I know music. And I still have to work hard to find stuff. You know, there's a lot of, I, I don't understand how they do music and you have a music person saying, yeah, that's not right. Or, is anybody not spell checking a book when you write it? Yeah. So yeah. this is and it's important. Just, yeah, not to spend any labeling time, is important. You know, yeah, not to spend any amount of time bashing Apple because I actually am a fanboy. But it is kind of funny. I mean, the reason I've always been an Apple fanboy is the user experience was so good. Right. Um, but it is amazing how much they're dropping the ball because the reality is the interface of Apple Music isn't nearly as good as Spotify. <laughs> Spotify is just so superior as a user experience. Netflix and Amazon Prime are far superior user experiences to Apple TV. It's like, come on, Apple, this is this is your wheelhouse. I you held off on Spotify to use it because of the artists, you know. Yeah. So. No, I get that. I'm not. I, I, no, I, but if I, I start using it, I find out it's better. It's even be harder for me. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but I do it all. I, you know, I. I, I listen to vinyl. I listen to CDs. I listen to streaming. I just love music. I, you know, <laughs> I love music and have tiny little speakers, and I love music in my thirty thousand dollar mastering speakers. Well, what's great is uh, not long ago between music and other parts of my career, I I, I got um, diagnosed. They're like, oh, you have um, hearing loss. And I'm like, what? And they're like, come into this room, and they didn't think it was funny because I was here a lot of time, but whatever. I shell it out. I get I get hearing aids, and then then you, it's like you fall in love again. Mm -hmm. To production on a level that I hadn't heard in so long. The crisp sounds, like your drum sounds, certain little things in the background, the nuances that maybe people always listen to. Uh -huh. they're back again. It's very exciting. Yeah. And 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 Atmos has a potential to, to do that. And you know, an artist like a, like a Zappa or stuff, or a producer like you are using them and having control of them, what a great tool. But but the problem is, I think that like along with the labeling, two things we're talking about with Apple is I'm also the business people are running it more now. Mm -hmm. It's strictly a business model, and they're going by names and digits and numbers and labeling, and they're not looking at it as in credit and creativity, almost like they need a certain department to kind of come in and be in the meetings and buffer that. They're like, all right, that's great and all, but this is a this is music, and this is this was needs to get done to to do music right. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. And here's like here's a little you know get off my lawn, you kids, 
rant, but you know, the funny thing is you're right. And you know, a big thing changed because you know, the truth is, you know, and this happened a decade or two ago, like major labels are publicly held multinational corporations with quarterly obligations to their shareholders. Right. You know, so when you think, wow, why aren't they creative? It's like, well, because they have an obligation to their shareholders of their multinational mm-hmm. parent corporation. So, you know, it's, it's realistic to expect that they're not going to take the time to develop an artist like Bruce Springsteen over, you know, three unsuccessful records before <laughs> he blows up. Um, but in terms of creativity, one of the things that's disappointing me a little bit, and I hope changes, is we talked earlier, now anybody can do it, you know, with, if, you know, if you, you know, buy an old Macintosh, an Apple computer at a yard sale with, with GarageBand already on it, and then you spend 150 bucks on a cheap interface and a mic, you're up and running making art. Like there's, you have no impediment to doing it. And so much of what I'm seeing though, is people like without a lot of skills and without a lot of resources, just trying to make very traditional sounding records. Um, and so like, it's, oh yeah, that kind of sounds like a pop country record, just not as good. <laughs> that just sounds like, you know, you know, something Missy Elliott might've done, but not as good or whatever that thing is. And one of the things as people started moving into uh, kind of home recording, uh, you know, there was a part of me that goes, oh, this is how I pay my bills. More people doing that may be problematic. But I always thought my aspiration was there's a record by the Butthole Surfer, Surfers called Locust Abortion Technicians, which the story, as I understand it, was they basically got an eight track <laughs> reel to reel and insane amounts of acid and such things and made this record. And it's amazing. Like, it's undeniably amazing. That's not to say that you won't hate it and think it's the most unlistable thing ever, but it is such an amazing, crucial, fundamental work of art that has no peer. Like it is such a record unto itself. I never ever could have made that record. Nobody could have ever made that record. And so I thought when everybody's gonna have their own stuff that we're gonna start getting, like it was just gonna be this explosion of creativity and and we haven't sort of seen that so much and which is okay you know what i think is we, we experienced and because like i got college at the same time that when i graduated it's a, the mac and um and editing and garage band and all kinds of programs came out around the same time like it was like my grunge it came out at the same time in the studio things mm-hmm. changed for a while you know in the early 90s so but one of the things is that i feel like what happened is it became like at the top gun syndrome remember everyone when top gun came out everybody was going to become a pilot uh-huh. <laughs> and all the, and the numbers went up like every time there's something out there then it yeah. has to settle down a little bit you know mm-hmm. what i mean just because you have this i mean there, we had, there was there's eight tracks you know we all had task cams we did something with it not every task cam did something with it or mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah. but just because you have it you know my i thought my kids were gonna be whizzes on computers you know what i mean there was like 15 or 16 and one of my change your screensaver he's like come on stop to change your back for me i'm like really i thought you guys were gonna be running in circles <laughs> around me you know what i mean i'd be confused help me with my phone but I guess what the reality is the world really hasn't changed mm-hmm. and people really don't change. And just because you have easier technology and you mm-hmm. have this little magic box, that's your phone or, or, or something else doesn't mean they're going to use it the way they have, or it's going to make anybody any more creative, you know? Yeah. So, you know, it's a good thing too, because we need studios, we need records. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, this talk has been fantastic. I hope I can have you back again soon. I know you're, you're, you're a busy dude. Um, this has been great. And we, we can delve in a little deeper. I just wanted people to wet their appetite. And the reason why I mentioned you know, and this on, on um, home editing stuff is because I'd like everybody to, you don't have to produce stuff. You don't have to be a musician. But how fun is it? If you got GarageBand or something, download. There's all kinds of down apps for every Android. Download it and just play with it. You might get a new appreciation mm -hmm. for music. Rediscover music again. It's fun. It's yeah. like music class, you know, just yeah. on that end. Or and mm -hmm. and and and, and Ron has got some classes, and you can online. So you can, there's there's lots of stuff out there to 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 see. Um, I'll put all your stuff underneath the show, so you can go and check out your website and your photography. And that's awesome. gonna you come back. I want you to talk about your music too. Uh, we didn't get to it, but uh, sure. <laughs> This has been fantastic. I want to thank you, man. <laughs> yeah, I've enjoyed it. Again, I, re I really appreciate you um, considering me as part of this cool elite club or family or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I'm just, it's, I'm it's, just it's, happy yeah. to make the list. Well, thank you. <laughs>